Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Surprise! I'm not Pastor Ross. I'm Pastor Keith. I'm our next-gen pastor, and uh, Pastor Ross and his family are down in Florida suffering in the sun and on spring break, you know, so somebody's got to do it, so that's where they are. And I get the honor and privilege tonight to share with you guys. Um, thank you. I'm excited. I'm glad you are, too. Makes it go a lot better. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm the next-gen pastor. If you wonder what that means, um, I get the honor and the privilege of leading our 412 Youth Ministry on Wednesday nights here. Yes, we take this place over. It's amazing. Sixth to 12th graders, if you're not plugged into a youth group, come check us out. Parents, if you have 6th to 12th graders at home and they're not plugged in somewhere, get them here with us on Wednesdays. We have an amazing time. We have an amazing group of leaders, an amazing group of students. It's like I call it my second family. It, it, it is awesome. It's an amazing place to be. I said amazing like five times, but it is amazing. So, <laughs> The second half of what I do is our next-gen kids, which is that beautiful new half of the building over there. Yeah, we get to celebrate that next week, our Celebration Sunday, the construction being done. You guys will be able to check out everything and, and see how God has blessed us. It, it is awesome. So uh, over in the next gen on Sundays, that's from six weeks old to uh, sixth grade. And over there, our, our vision is live, give, love. So live, give, love, What give you a little a quick rundown on what that's all about. God has called us to live for him. He's called us to live for him, and he's put that same resurrection power, the Holy Spirit, inside of us that rose Christ from the dead. Yeah. So how do we live for God? He's empowered us by giving us the Holy Spirit. So we instill in that in the kids. That's what we try to lead by example and do that over there. And then the give part is, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. So we're instilling that in the kids. You know what? We should be generous people. God wants us to be generous people. That covers our finances, our resources, our time. I tell the kids, it's, it could be as much as giving a compliment to a friend at school who's struggling with something. That is being generous and giving. And then that's all encompassed by that last word, love. God has called us to love other people because, unfortunately, the world we live in a lot of times is not that loving of a place. And guys, as Christians... We have the, the opportunity and the responsibility to show God's love to people. And we show their love, his love to people, and they see it in us. We're showing them just a little bit of Christ. So um, if you can't tell, I really enjoy what I get to do here. Um, I'm very thankful for it. And as, as I'm talking about this stuff, if you're like, man, I, I'm feeling like God's maybe calling me to help out with that. If you want to help out in either of those ministries, come talk to me. We are always looking for people to come alongside of us because it is so important to, to have a, a group of people around this next generation to raise them up, to let them know their love, that they have a living hope like we were singing a few minutes ago. It's so important that, that, that the that students and the teens realize that nowadays. So, And last but not least, definitely not least, I'm supported in all I do by my wife Stacy right down here. Yes. Please clap for her and please pray for her. Because her ministry field is right here. She doesn't get paid for that. She has to deal with me all the time. So let's go ahead and let's uh, bow our heads and pray before we get into the word God has for us tonight. Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity, the privilege to share here tonight, to share your word. Uh, be with Pastor Ross and Allison and the family. Let them enjoy their time down there. Um, feel recharged 
as they head back here. And God, tonight, everybody who's in this place tonight, especially a lot of people come to church on Sunday mornings, but to come to church on Sunday nights, you know, they didn't mistakenly come here thinking it was Menards or something else. They are here, Lord, because they purposely came here. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us in this place tonight can leave here changed. You know where we're hurting. You know the needs we have, Father. You know our hearts. So I pray that this word can touch us and hit us right where we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, tonight's message is brought to you by the letter There we go. And if you're like, oh my gosh, if you're rolling your eyes already, I'm, I'm not going to apologize because I'm the next-gen pastor, so that's how it's going to be tonight, okay? So, how about this? How many of you guys ever feel like you're running on E? Yeah? Good. First service, man. I said that first service, and I swear, like, five people raised their hands, and I'm like, you guys got it together. Like, we need to switch spots here. But how, how about this? You, you don't have to raise your hand for this one, but how many of you have ever gotten an E in school before? Or maybe you're getting an E right now in school. Yeah, it's okay. You're in a place of grace and forgiveness. We're not going to judge you. We love you. It's okay. But there's, there's a lot of different things associated with the letter E. So tonight, we're going to start off in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the Hall of Faith. And um, I know it's kind of like a little punny play off the Hall of Fame. How many people in here have ever been to a Hall of Fame before? Baseball, football, rock and roll Hall of Fame? Okay, a few people have been there. Well, the Hall of Faith here, they call it that because Hebrews 11 has a bunch of uh, our biblical ancestors who, who did great things. So there's a lot of well-known people in there. You have the Moseses, the Davids. The Abrahams, and that you got some less known people that are thrown in there as well. So, those actual Hall of Fames that are out there, you know, Cooperstown, um, Canton, Ohio, NFL Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fames in Cleveland, I know. Um, those actual Hall of Fames, their reason that they exist is to showcase and just kind of celebrate what people have accomplished to celebrate these special people who've accomplished these very special things. So if you've been there, you know, you've seen some of these things, and, and it's pretty awesome to go there and just, like, be in awe, like, oh, my gosh, here's this thing that this person used at this event or this game. Like, it's very easy to go there and just be in awe, like, oh, this is amazing. But when we go to those places and see those things and see those people and see what they accomplished, like, what does that do for us? Like, what kind of, what kind of an effect does that have on us? So myself, I grew up watching a Hall of Famer, uh, a fan of a big Hall of Famer known as Michael Jordan. So, man, there's not much. Jo okay, we got some Michael Jordan love. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I, I was a huge Jordan fan, and this is going to shock you guys, but I cannot imitate Michael Jordan. I can try. I can try my hardest. And actually, we were at that youth, a youth conference a few weeks ago, and they had some basketball hoops inside, and I was dunking on them. I was throwing the ball off the backboard, alley-ooping myself, slam dunking, like, man, living it up until I gashed my finger open on the rim, and there was blood everywhere. And I went to the first aid station, and the lady's just, like, shaking her head, and she's like, it's always the adults that hurt themselves at the youth conferences. And I'm like, guilty as charged. So right now you might be thinking, wow, this guy's bragging that he can dunk and stuff. Um, I probably should mention it was a nine-foot hoop. If you don't know, basketball hoops are normally 10 feet tall, so 
there you go. But the, the Hall of Fames that you know, are out there in the world, those, they exist to elevate individuals. But that's not what Hebrews 11 is all about. Hebrews 11, where it lists all of our ancestors of the faith and what they've accomplished. Um, and if you have your notes tonight, this is our first, our first thing on the notes. And it's Hebrews 11 exists for our encouragement. And I want to point that out because, like I said, you go to Hall of Fames and you see the awesome things people have accomplished. And, and you're like, man, these people are like, these athletes, they're like specimens of just amazingness. That's not even a word, but uh, sure. Um, but you see these things and you're like, man, wow. And Hebrews 11 is not there for us to just look at it and say, wow, these people are amazing. They're so much better than me. I can never accomplish that. That's not what Hebrews 11 is there for. Hebrews 11 is there to motivate us and encourage us that these, these folks did this stuff and we should be able to do the same stuff too. That's why God has it in the Bible there for us, to look at those things and be encouraged, to be encouraged and to be motivated. Because if we have a relationship with God, why not us, right? So the first verse I want to look at tonight in Hebrews 11, it's Hebrews 11, verse 6. And uh, this is the New Living Translation. It says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So I read that, and I think, you know, Hebrews 11 is kind of the who's who when it comes to sincerely seeking God. Now, I mentioned, you know, we have Moses in there, David, Abraham, Noah's in there. But there's also a dude in there named Enoch. And you don't hear a whole lot about Enoch in the Bible, but yet he made it into this hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. So why, why is he in there? Why is he in there? So we're going to rewind a verse and take a look at Hebrews 11.5, and this gives us a little bit of information on Enoch here. So Hebrews 11.5, it says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Whoa, okay, does that get your attention? He did not die. He went up to heaven. Like, that's pretty amazing, right? Okay. It says, He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Man, that last part there. I want to be known as a person who pleased God. I don't know about you, but I want to be known as a person that pleased God. And what we just read about there about Enoch not dying and being taken up to heaven, there's only two people in the Bible that that happened to. Anybody know who the second person was? Yeah, his name also starts with an E. How about that? Look at that. So tonight, or for the sake of tonight's message, we're just focusing on Enoch tonight. So... But there's, uh, there's one more passage in the Bible that gives us just a little more information on Enoch. So we're going to check that out. It's, it's in Genesis chapter 5, and it's verses 21 through 24. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. I read that, and I'm like, okay, the Bible doesn't make mistakes. That's not a typo. It's not supposed to say 30. 300 years lived another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Man. So I don't know if you've heard of Enoch before, if you know much about him, but he's kind of known as the man who walked with God. The man who walked with God. That's a pretty sweet title to have, right? The man or ladies, the woman who walked with God. Wouldn't you like that said about you? So some of us are like, man, that sounds cool. And then some of us might also be saying, well, what, is, what does that mean exactly? Walked with God. Like, 
what, 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 is that, what does that phrase encompass? What does it talk about? So what, what it's talking about, and I should say what it's not talking about, is it's not just all about keeping God's rules and sticking to his law. That's not what it's talking about, because Enoch was actually born before the law was given. Walking with God, it's not a legalistic way of just sticking to, to what God tells you to do. Walking with God is a hard attitude. It's a way of life. So this guy, Enoch, doesn't tell, the Bible doesn't tell us much more about him, but I just I see what, what we've read just here, these few verses about him. And man, what an incredible life he must have had to have that said about him, that he was the man who walked with God. So I mentioned a, a couple minutes ago, I grew up as a Michael Jordan fan, and there was back in the 90s, there was this Gatorade advertisement, Be Like Mike. Anybody remember that? They had like the song and everything with it. So how come we never heard be, not, be Like Enoch? Come on. This doesn't, it's not as cool or catchy. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Be Like Enoch. Do you guys think we could make that a thing? We, thanks for the support there, guys. Okay, we won't, we won't try that. But maybe, maybe Be Like E. Is that a little more catchy? You say, I want to be like E. Whatever, you guys aren't, it's, it's fine, it's fine. That's not the purpose of why I'm up here tonight, so. But yeah, we're, Enoch starts with the letter E. We got the E on the screen. So I'm gonna elaborate a little bit more on, on what we're talking about, why E is such a big deal today. So if you guys can just walk through something with me for a second here. Um, it's good to learn things, right? It's good to learn about God? Okay, it's good, it's good. And it, is it good to understand the things we learn? good to understand them, right? It's good to understand things about the Bible. It's kind of important to, to grow in our faith to, to understand things. You guys are with me? So we could call learning and understanding, we could call that being educated. Make sense? Makes sense. Okay. And, and being educated is good. It's important. But there's something way better than being educated. There's something that takes things to a whole nother level. And that is experience experiencing something takes it to a whole nother place. So we got Enoch, we got experience, we got this E thing going, we're gonna keep rolling. We're gonna keep rolling here. So how many of you guys know there is a difference though? There's a difference between being educated and having experience. There's a difference there, yeah. Because, 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 because. I'm just gonna keep repeating because. This is, this is my thing for tonight. Every, every service today, there's been something I've done where I look at the camera and I'm like, it's not like this is on Facebook Live or something where people are watching us right now. But when, when you're taught something and, and you learn something, it's good, you got it. And then when you understand it, you're at a place where you could explain it to other people and say, you know, this is how it goes. But when we've experienced something, when you've personally experienced something, no one can convince you otherwise. No one can take that away from you. You've experienced it. It's, it's as real as real can be. So I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, we were at that youth conference where I was trying to do my best Michael Jordan impression. Um, it was the One Heart Youth Conference down at Granville Res Life, and it was awesome. We, there was probably around 1,000 teens there, 16 different youth groups, and it, it was quite the experience. It was, it, was, it was amazing. So over the years here on Wednesday nights at 412 at our youth group, We've taught and we've talked about how God is our healer and God's healing power. We've talked about that. We've, we've taught that to the teens. And I would hope that a lot of them understand it. 
They understand that God can heal, that he is our healer. But in talking to a lot of them, after that conference and after what we experienced down there, it just took things to a whole nother level for them. It was, it was pretty incredible. We were, we were down there and we experienced healing. We experienced God. We experienced his Holy Spirit. And I know for many, it started by seeing two of our 412 leaders get supernaturally healed there of ailments that had been just hampering them for years and years. And I know for our students, we were talking to them in small groups after that happened, and they're just like, man, it just, it makes it so real because we know these two. We know these two people personally, and a lot of us knew stuff they were dealing with. So to have that experience where, boom, God showed up and healed them, it was just something that, that they're, we're never going to forget. It was an amazing experience. And it was amazing because we, we saw it. We were there. We experienced it. We experienced, over those couple days, we experienced the Holy Spirit just take over that place. We experienced praying in the Spirit. We experienced praying over each other, seeing students just praying over each other and ministering over each other. It was, it was incredible. So you could say, a lot of us, we, we walked in, we were educated walking in, but we walked out with experience. And after that conference, God, he pointed some stuff out to me. And one thing he pointed out to me was, was how important it was that we made the effort to go to that conference, to, to get there and not miss out on what happened there and the experiences we all took away. And there was something else he reminded me in, almost in the same breath. As, as that thought. And you guys might be thinking it now. You might be thinking, that's good. Good for you guys. Good for the youth group going down and experiencing that. That was cool. That was a conference. Special things happen at conferences. And, you know, that was a special thing you guys experienced there. Well, God reminded me that we have God with us. As, as followers of Christ, he is with us everywhere. He's with us all the time. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. It doesn't just, he doesn't just pop into us when we walk through a church door or we pop on some worship music, the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. So you might be thinking, you know, yeah, that was a conference thing. And God really put it on my heart that those kind of experiences with him, with his, with his presence, with his spirit, those aren't conference-specific. Those aren't location-specific. Those aren't time-specific. Those aren't even speaker-specific. And this is our next spot in our notes here. We're able to experience God anywhere, at any time, in any place. So I'll ask you guys this tonight, and I don't want you to yell out your answer or, or anything. Just think about this. Have you experienced God? Have you experienced God? Maybe, has it been a while? Has it been a while since you've experienced God? And now, I'm, I, clarify a little bit. I'm not talking about attending a church service. Because anybody can drive to this parking lot, park their car out there, walk in the doors, come in here, sit down, hear a great message from Pastor Ross, get up, leave, get back in their car, and drive away. Anybody can do that. That's like one-dimensional Christianity there. I'm talking about taking things to the next level, experiencing God. And as Christians, as believers, guys, that's what we should want. Yes, it's good to learn about God. Yes, it's good to understand things about the Bible. That is good. That is important. That's essential. But, you know, education is great. But the experiences, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. So 
I say all that, and we lead, we lead into this. How do we experience God? How do we experience God? God, how do we become equipped like Enoch? So what's said about him can be said about us. And this is the next thing on your notes here. To experience God, we have to be engaged. Now, I don't know if there's any, anybody in here who's been dating a long time, any ladies who've been waiting for a ring for a while, and you're like, you hear what he just said? We have to be engaged. That's not what I meant by that, but you could take it, you know, we could take it that direction where maybe, maybe some of us in here have been dating God for years. Maybe we've been dating God for years and we haven't committed. Maybe you come to church on Sunday, maybe someone drags your, I was going to, drags your butt to church on Sundays, I can say that. (laughs) We say that at 412, we could say that on Sundays. Maybe someone drags you here on Sundays. You know what? It's time to commit. It's time to get engaged. So how do we engage with God? How do we engage with God? To engage God takes effort. Now, some of you may think of that and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. We're not, we're not saved by our works and what we do, you know. And that's true. We're not saved by our good works. But James 2 talks about how faith without works is what? dead right so that tells me that tells us we we need to have some effort we need to put something out there we need to do something so what kind of effort are we putting in a, to our connection with god those are the fun questions to ask yourselves how much effort am i putting into my connection with god at that one heart conference i saw our our students i saw them engaging with god they weren't just sitting there. They weren't just standing by. I saw them going all in. They were praising him, raising their hands, closing their eyes, praying, praying over each other. A lot of them overcome with emotion. They were engaging with God. They were making the effort. And because of that, they experienced all that he had for them there. And I know there, and maybe there was some, I didn't see this, but maybe there were some students there and there could have been who were there and were like, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm just going to sit here in my chair. This is weird. This is strange. This is odd. I don't want anything to do with this. And I know if there were students there who did that, wanted to do that, they easily could have missed out on what God had for them. And I purposely said they could have missed out, not they would have missed out, because it's important to realize, can God still impact people who aren't making effort to engage with him? He can. Yeah, absolutely. He's God. He can still impact people. He's amazing. But I don't know about you. I don't want to be the kind of person walking around where I have to wait on a, oh, sneak attack from God. Oh, there we go. Wasn't expecting that. I don't want God to have to, boom, show up and surprise me and sneak attack me for me to experience him. No, I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. I want to be fully engaged so I experience everything God has for me so I'm not missing out. So for me, it was, it was just awesome to see our students and leaders there, to see them putting effort in to engage with God and because of that, fully experiencing what he had for them there. And guys, this is, this is when we make effort to pray, when we make effort to worship him, we make effort to get in the word. Um, man, a, a big thing nowadays is maybe just making the effort to set our phones down, to shut our brains down, to just shut up and listen 
so God can speak to us. I mean, you could, you could preach for days and weeks on that, how nowadays we just fill our lives with so much stuff that we don't even give God a chance to talk to us. And just by doing that, by welcoming that silence in, that's us, us engaging with God. That's a form of engaging with him. But actually, all this effort we're talking about, it, it makes me go back to that, you know, joked about the engaged thing, getting engaged. But I know there's a lot of married folks in here. And let's think about it this way. When you were dating the person that you married, you had to put some effort into that, right? Yeah. You had to put some effort in. You had to pursue them. You had to show them you were serious about them, right? Unless some of you are just so darn good looking that you just showed up and you're like, here I am. <laughs> Must be nice because I had to put some work in to get this one here. But no, you got you to gotta show them you're serious. You got to pursue them. So how serious are you about God? Let's go back to that, that first verse we were talking about, uh, Hebrews eleven six. Are you seriously and sincerely seeking God? That's as many S's in a row I'll say because E's the letter for tonight. So, okay. But are, are we engaging with him? Are we making the effort to engage with God? Because when we engage, whew, when we engage, we experience God. We experience his spirit. We experience his presence. We experience his healing, his peace, all that. And if you have not experienced that before, it is so worth the effort. We are so like, proportionately, the effort that we give and what God gives back to us, oh my gosh, it, it is, we, we get, we're, we're so getting the better end of that deal, man. So here it is in one sentence. I wanted to just sum this all up here tonight. The effort to engage leads to the experience. The effort to engage leads to the experience. Here's the truth. You can walk out of here tonight. You could completely understand everything we've talked about tonight. You could go home and tell somebody, hey, man, this is what we talked about at church tonight. I get it. But if you don't do anything with it, it's not doing you any good. That education, that knowledge, that knowing stuff is, is great. But if we don't apply it, if we don't do anything with it, what good is it really? It's like that saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's so important to, to realize that what God gives us, man, we need to run with it. We need to put that effort in. Because it's one thing, one thing to talk the talk, but it's a whole other thing to walk the walk. So there's one more blank for you guys to fill out on your notes today. And this last one, it says, at the end of my life, let it be said that blank walked with God. So this will be the only one, if you're keeping track, depending on what your name is, this will be the only one that doesn't start with an E unless we got like some Erica's or Eric's or Eduardo's or something like that in here tonight. I want you guys to put your name in there. I want you to put your name in that, in that statement, and then I want you to take a look at that. At the end of my life, let it be said that Keith walked with God. Man, that is what I want. I want to be like Enoch. I want to walk with God. I want to experience everything he has for me. So how do we make that a reality? We start today, one step at a time. We just start today. We put that effort in. And one thing I wanted to end with too here is all this stuff we talked about today, I don't know if it hits you somewhere 
God knows what we all need to hear and what we need to work on. But I want everybody to walk out of here feeling encouraged. I want you to feel encouraged. Don't feel condemned because, you know, stuff you did. Man, that floor spot is so awkward on the stage there. (laughs) I want you guys to walk out of here just realizing that your past and what you've done, that doesn't define you. You shouldn't feel condemned because you've done things wrong. This isn't what church is about. Church isn't about making you feel dirty and telling you how good you're not. It's about encouraging us and motivating us about what we can do better from here on out. That's what it's about. And the beautiful thing about God is he's not a respecter of persons. So what was said about Enoch, that same thing, same stuff can be said about us, guys. Those Hebrews 11 hall of faithers there, the things they did. We can do those things too. We can accomplish those things too. We've got God on our side. Look at that and let it encourage you and motivate you. And I just want to tell you, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you were someone that was walking with God at some point and then you just went off on your own path for whatever reason. If you did that, you know what? God's right there just waiting on you to come back to him. Or maybe some of us in here, we, we walk with God and we're walking with him, but then we run on ahead of him. We got our own abilities and skills and things we can do. And we just go off doing our own thing. Beautiful thing is we can turn around and God's right there. He's probably laughing at us, thinking we can handle things ourselves all on our own. But he's right there like, I'm right here. Come on, I'm waiting on you. Come back to me. And then there might be some of us in here tonight who've never even started that walk with God. And God's been waiting your entire life just there. He's like, come on, I'm here. Been waiting to walk with you. So he's there for you. Guys, life is is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it's not about how we begin. It's how we finish it. And uh, God really... He, he humbled me yesterday. How many of you guys have the YouVersion app where you get a, the daily verse on your phone? Yeah. Um, yesterday, the verse was, what was that verse again? I forgot it again. Give us this day our daily bread. That's why it's good to have a good helpmate that happens to be sitting in the front row. I had it first service, but the other two services totally drew, drew a blank. You'll probably understand why as I elaborate here. Um, so I looked at that verse, give us this day our daily bread. And I saw it yesterday as the verse of the day and I kind of chuckled like, really? Come on, you version. This is the verse of the day. Everybody knows that verse. And it's so short. Give us this day our daily bread. Like, come on, really? And I'm laying in bed last night going over my message again and God kind of just blew it open for me. And he just showed me how we, like all this stuff we talked about today, God every day as we engage with him, He's going to give us what we need for that day, that daily bread. We don't have to get a year's supply. We don't have to hoard it, stockpile it, put it in our basement because we're afraid of things. No, every day just engage with God, and he's going to give us what we need to deal with that day. I was like, okay, God, you got me. That was a good verse. So every day, guys, let's, let's make the effort to engage with God so we can experience all that he has for us. Let's pray. Thanks again for tuning in today. 
If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.